Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me for this episode of It's a Wrap. I am your host, Antricia Bray. And here tonight, we're going to talk about it's more than just back to school. Because I know that many of you parents are excited. You're finally getting those uh, kids out of the house from eating up all of your food and uh, running up your bills and running through supplies and all that. I know. I know. And we're so excited about getting them back to school for about eight hours out of the day and out of our house and out of our hair and off our nerves. So I know how it is, but guys, it's something that uh, I think that it's important and it is a fine time to talk about it because there are things that we need to uh, be considerate of and be thinking about as we're getting ready to send these kids back to school. Now, I know that you have a precious child and your child is sweet and does nothing wrong. Well, I ain't talking about your kids, so to speak, uh, when you hear me talk about these little motherfuckers going back to school. Okay, so let me just put that out there. <laughs> Some of the things I'm going to talk about may not even apply to you in your district and your school, but it applies to somebody somewhere. So I think it's important that we sit here and we talk about it tonight on It's a Wrap. Nonetheless, if you say, what do I know about uh, anything about back to school? Well, I don't know a whole lot, but I have some experience in education. And so uh, these are just some things that you hear about, some things you see and some things that I want you as the parents and the community to be on the lookout for. Now, sure, you know, we have some great kids. We have talented kids. And when we think about going back to school, we think that school is a safe haven. We think that when we send uh, these little kids, let me be nice, use my language and my words carefully because I don't want to offend nobody tonight. <laughs> but when we send these kids, to school, we think that they're safe. And on a lighter note, sometimes they are. Some, sometimes they are. We we have some caring educators throughout this world and uh, they do their best sometimes to uh, really look out for your child to, to be sure that they are safe. But that's not always the case. Um, there are some strange things that go on in our schools, needless to say. You know, we we heard at the end of this past school year, you know, a, a school shooting and violence and things like that. And that's things that, you know, gets us wired up and gets us concerned about our own uh, areas and our own communities, you know, when it comes to uh, schools and the safety of our students. Well, what if I told you that more than school shootings and school violence that happens, there are other things that happens in the school and your child may be a victim or a target or even the perpetrator. See, we don't, we don't even wanna think about that. So it's more than just back to school. It, it's, it's more than that. And so the, these are things that we need to be considerate of, things I want you to begin to look out for. And uh, also there are uh, conversation starters for you and your child when, you know, your child returns home after a long day of being away from home. So 
one of the things that I would like to say is that when we look at safety in school, more than just the violence with guns, there are other violent things that goes on in the school. One of which we are all aware of, uh, known as bullying. So we look at the physical side of bullying. Those are the things we notice the most. Your child could be a victim of bullying. Not only that, your child could be the bully. <laughs> I know some young lady sitting there right now. Yeah, I know that's my child. It's probably my child. <laughs> you know if your child a bully or not. So nonetheless, bullying can be more than just physical. Bullying can be verbal. Bullying can be in the form of isolation. And what do I mean by that? When there's physical bullying, that is maybe one child or one group of children physically inflicting harm upon another child or other children. When I'm talking about verbal bullying, those are the uh, ones that are attacking other children, even teachers. Teachers get attacked and stuff too. They're, they're victims of the uh, physical assaults and stuff too. Don't ever get it twisted. None of us are exempt, so to speak, from anything that I'm going to talk about here on the platform, okay? Uh, so those are the name callings. Those are the teasing and the constant taunting of words inflicted on uh, another person, another child. Then you also have um, the, the, the bullying, so to speak, of isolation. That's when a child or a group wants to exclude someone else from being a part of something. This happens mostly in uh, athletics. It happens also in um, the cafeteria, areas where students uh, gather, and also at recess, like lunch breaks and things like that. So if your child is older, you know, not necessarily at recess because they don't have recess, so to speak, but what about uh, in the lunchroom where they're forced to sit off by themselves and, and not feel like they're, they belong in a certain group? Or... Um, on, on the playground, you know, it, during lunchtime, uh, maybe not being able to be included in uh, sitting with a group of uh, people, so to speak. In athletics, what does that look like? Well, you always have those that uh, excel or can become jealous of another child that excels. So it's not that your child is not performing good or uh, is a good athlete, but it can also look like this group has taken uh, some kind of isolated uh, plot against another. And maybe they won't share in uh, the teamwork. Maybe they won't pass them the ball. Maybe uh, they talk down to them and keep them 
uh, feeling minimized or that, uh, that they can't do. And so they become a victim of this and yet it can implement a lot of pressure upon uh, our kids. And so this is something that we need to be talking to our kids about, uh, giving them resources and uh, equip them with uh, ways to cope and how to handle these kind of situations if they arise. And I say if they arise, when I should say when they arise, because they happen every day. We go blind to it. Uh, sometimes we tell our kids to ignore this kind of stuff. And sometimes that's not always the best answers. I'm one of those type of people. I believe in knocking at your door. I believe in coming to your office. I believe in having a conversation. And so even coaches sometimes, you know, can be the bully when it comes to our athletes. And so these are lines of communications that we need to keep open so that as our children are transitioning back into school, that there are relationships already established so that we feel comfortable in going and addressing uh, these type of situations when they arise. Uh, teachers can be bullies. Uh, you know, sometimes we teachers, we don't always <laughs> make the best choices when it comes to your kids because your kids uh, get on our nerves. <laughs> sometimes we just don't like them. <laughs> they're human and sometimes their personalities clashes with ours. And so these are lines of communication that you want to keep open at all times because uh, sometimes I have to come home and check myself check myself. Now, did I treat that child just right? And, and sometimes I know I didn't. Sometimes I didn't say uh, maybe necessarily uh, good things. So I could have uh, missed the opportunity to say something when I knew a kid was uh, not necessarily <laughs> having a bad day. So rather than uh, saying something, uh, I, I neglect to say anything at all, you know, when I could have made a situation better. So you know, we have to check ourselves as adults as well. And, and then parents, as they're coming back home and maybe they've had a bad day, they don't need us beating down on them. You know, they've been beat down enough, <laughs> been beat down enough, you know. And I know they get on your nerve too. That's why you're so glad they're going back to school. <laughs> That's why you're glad they're going back to school. Now, there's something else that, two other things that I want to talk about that you may not be aware of that's going on in schools. And uh, maybe your child has been a victim of it. Maybe they have been the perpetrator or maybe it's something that they haven't experienced yet, but it's a possibility that they could experience it in the future. And one of those things are safety in the restrooms. And yes, mom and dad, I know your little precious uh five and six-year-old that you think is a four and five-year-old that you think is so precious and that these things are not going on. Uh, let me beg to differ. Safety in the bathroom is a valid concern for any school-age child. Let me just say that. Any school-age child that's safety in the restroom is a valid concern. And you say, how is that? Well, there is a little thing that most children have, even at early ages, 
and it looks a little something like this. And they take these little things into the bathroom. And these little things right here that streams live, these little things that record, these little things that are able to take pictures can become a tool of violation to your child. See, we don't think about that. There has been in instances of children being in the restroom and other children coming through and taking pictures of your child while they're trying to use the restroom or while they're in uh, vulnerable uh, pos positions, while they're using the restroom, maybe while they have their, their clothes down, sitting on a toilet, or maybe there's children who uh, do inappropriate things while in the, they're in the bathroom and you have other children in there and they know that this is going on and they record it and uh, they're videoing it and they're streaming them live. Your child has just now become a victim. When those things happen, your child becomes the victim. We know that Many children have um, different needs. We know that uh, many of them have different behaviors. And I'm not saying that the behaviors are right. However, their right to privacy and to not be victimized while they're taking care of their restroom business or even if they're masturbating in the restroom or maybe they're having a meltdown in the restroom whatever is going on we need to talk to our children that these little things right here that we value so much these little cell phones these little recording devices that we're so slick with and and have glued to our hands all day long we may need to talk to them that that may not be the best decision to make to sit and record somebody in the restroom if that was okay, um, you know, they, the school would probably already have surveillance up in the restroom. If that was a thing. So talking to your child about not even having that little thing handy, to not even be tempted to record some other child or adult while they're in the uh, restroom, that may be a wise and smart thing to do. Because what they're doing with your little child who's being smart and entertaining and think that they're uh, doing something wise when they pull out those little electronic devices, uh, there's a possibility that your child could be labeled as a pedophile. How is that? Yeah, pornography also can be uh, charged for bullying. Why would you want to go in a restroom and record somebody else in a restroom? Right? And then post it on social media. So we think that our children are safe and they're not necessarily safe. What about the little child that goes in the restroom and uh, attempts to penetrate 
or attempts to violate or attempts to sexually harass or attempts to uh, sexual, engage in sexual activities with uh, some other child of the same sex in the restroom, willingly or unwillingly. These things happen when we send our kids back to school and we're not talking about it. We're not thinking about it. We don't, we don't like the thought of things like this happening in our schools and our communities. But as a result, these are things that we must start talking to our kids about. Other things that happen in the restroom, what about drug use? Drug use is becoming a big issue in our schools. I don't think we talk about it enough. I think it's so uh, saturate, oversaturated by the school violence, the gun violence, but more than the gun violence is the use of drugs and alcohol in the school. We don't talk about it because mm, maybe we think if we ignore it long enough, it'll go away or it'll take care of itself. But um, kids are recruiting other kids. Kids are selling drugs and alcohol and other substance to other kids in the schools. They're sharing the things that look like candy. Some kids are sharing those uh, uh, drinks that's so oversaturated with all these caffeine and things like that in the school. Um, some of them are dealing. Some of them are purchasing. And much of it they're consuming in the restroom. So there's a lot that goes on in those little five minute, three to five minute transition periods from uh, class to class every hour on the hour that our kids are quote unquote, being unsupervised. Sure, you may have a teacher or some a monitor standing at the door, but we're not inside the restroom with your child, your lovely child. We're not everywhere your lovely child is. And yes, I'm being sarcastic because we know if we're honest, not all of our children are so lovely. <laughs> We know they something to deal with at home. So if they something to deal with at home and you supervising them, what do you think that they're doing outside your supervision? Especially when they know and they're so wise that most of us teachers, our hands are tied. Most school administration, we have no clue of what's going on uh, with these children and all these slick words and cold words and uh, secret groups and apps and stuff that they uh, have uh, privy to. <laughs> they know our old asses is, ain't up on all that. They know we overworked and underpaid. And so they, they, they're slick. They're slick. And depending on how slick your little child is, yours might be the ringleader. So let's just be honest about that. <laughs> You ain't doing nothing with them at home and you send them to a school and they take that same behavior into the school and it's constantly something. And you so overwhelmed with always getting um, a phone call 
and your child always being blamed for something <clears throat> that you done got even slick and smart enough to say it ain't yours. And you tired of these phone calls and why can't the teachers do something with them? Why can't the school do something? Because you ain't. <laughs> First of all, you didn't do your job before you sent them back to school. <laughs> and now they have to go and work somebody else's nerve. And somebody else has to hound them. And somebody else has to follow them around and micromanage them because of what we have already neglected to do in the house. And then for those who have good kids, your good child may be just one of the victims because they're always going to look for the weaker. They're always going to look for the weaker and if your child is already feeling insecure and lack confidence, they want to fit in. And if it takes taking one of these uh, piece of candy, so to speak, that's what they call it, candy, and, and, and taking some of these and popping some of these pills to cope or to fit in or to be liked by another group that they think is popular, another group that uh, seems like they're the in crowd, your child could easily become a target. It's more than just taking the lunch money anymore. You know, years ago, when I was coming up through school, you know, somebody might just beat you up and take your lunch money. It, it's more than that. Things are more sophisticated than that. And I look at some of the uh, bad stuff I've done even when I was in school. Yeah, in school, uh, taking liquor to the basketball team. <laughs> taking liquor to the basketball team. And they drunk and hung over before the championship game. That kind of stuff. Yeah, even back then. So you know if we had access to it even back then, what, what more so now? Our children have access to everything. They have access to your weed and your CBD and your gummies and, and brownies and cakes and whatever else you got laying around the house and you wondering where your money going and wondering where your stash done went. Uh, little little boo-boo-bo-bo uh, then got it and took it to school and sell it and making more money. So yeah, they have access to it because it's right in the house with them. What about your guns? that they're taking to school and, and as a way of either protecting themselves from these people or as a way of big shotting or to show off. And I can almost bet you, you know, with the guns in, in some rural areas, you know, there's gun training and people have a uh, knowledge of how to use them. But in some cases, you know, uh, th there's no, uh, adequate training and a child taking something like that to school and uh, showing it off or feeling like they have to have it for their own safety, that can be dangerous. That can be a dangerous situation. And so this is something that we need to really start looking at when we're looking at back to school. And like I said, it's not just with the older kids. This is with kids as young as three and four and five and six years old. 
these are valid concerns that you should have. Conversation starters that you need to initiate. Start showing concern for your children, the children in your community, the children in your uh, uh, districts, uh, in your state. These are conversations that we must begin to have before the situation gets so far out of hand, we just have a school full of zombies walking around high on whatever it is, mom and dad at home smoking and eating and ingesting and shooting up. <laughs> now, on another side note, what, what, what could possibly be in our school? If you have people being hired in your district that is not from your district, and maybe even teachers that have been in your district for years with a history of child molestations and, 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 and they've been getting away with it. This is also another concern that you need to have for your child going to school. One thing that I know is that when you're already sick and a pedophile and a child molester and you have an eye for little kids, when you're under stress, that stress fuels that desire for your sickness. And we know that in the chaotic world that we're living in now, that there's a lot of mental issues that are beginning to surface. You have teachers that have been in employed in these schools for years that has been rumored of uh, sexual molestations with students. They flirt with the students. Uh, they cross the line of healthy boundaries of what a student-teacher relationship should look like. And instead of us addressing it and dealing with it and confronting it and staying on top of it, we turn a blind eye to it. And we continue to keep these kind of uh, sick piece of shit in, uh, employed in our schools. And so our little girls become victims. Our little boys become victims. And then we're wondering why they're acting out or we're wondering why they're uh, promiscuous or we're wondering why they don't really want to go to school or why they really don't feel good in the locker room or why uh, this teacher is always trying to get along with them and, and be alone with them, locked up in a classroom with them. And we go blind and we neglect to protect our children. Everything that's working at the school uh, is not necessarily looking to keep your little child safe. Some of them are looking at your little child in strange ways. So for everyone that you see on the news at 10 o'clock at night, that has been reported for doing whatever and investigated for whatever, believe me, it's 10 more out there somewhere doing that very same thing. But because they're so cunning and because they're so um, well-known and respected, those accusations toward them can go unnoticed. It's always the ones that maybe a parent has taken uh, 
envy to or dislike to or community them band together to to try to sabotage that are the ones that are being reported and and being persecuted there is no way little johnny at 17 years old should be engaged in sexual actions with uh his teacher even if she is 23 <laughs> There is no way little Marissa should be uh, sexually involved or in any kind of way or feeling uncomfortable by coaching, even if he is 23, 43, 93, 63. Who knows? It's just inappropriate. So these are things that your kids... Uh, don't feel like sometimes that they can talk about, but these things happen. These things happen. And what about the child who is a pedophile? Can we label them that? A child that has been uh, abused in the past and has trauma that they haven't healed from and they come and assault or they come and violate your little one, or even uh, tries to violate uh, those in authority. So it's not just about back to school and dressing them up in these uh, designer clothes and these name brand shoes and making sure their haircut's just right and their hair slayed just right and the makeup is on point and telling them to be respectful to the teachers and to make good grades. These are whole other dynamics that if we don't get a hang of it now we don't know what it's going to look like in the times to come so we want to make sure that our babies are safe we want to make sure that our teachers are safe we want to make sure that the school is supported and the only way you can do that is to begin to establish healthy relationships now before anything begins to evolve. So then when something does happen or when you do have a concern, the lines of communication is not a vet of blame or complaining or just being a, a, a bugaboo, but that of support, compassion, and concern. Talk to your kids. Make this conversation normal. What's going on at school? Don't take candy from your friends. Don't drink anything that your friends are bringing you to drink. Don't, 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 don't take things from other people. How do you feel? Do you feel safe and comfortable in your classroom? 
Do you feel safe and comfortable in the bathroom? And if not, why not? What's going on? Are you feeling like the coaches are looking out for you? Are you feeling like the kids are treating you right and that uh, they're supporting you in athletics and and that you're kind to each other and that you're respecting and 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 and, and you're doing everything that you need to do to make sure that you haven't crossed the line, crossed the line into uh, being something that's uh, normal, so to speak. We always say kids will do that. That's normal. Boys will play like that. That's normal. We try to normalize shit that shouldn't be normal instead of addressing it and looking at it for what it is. Boys will be boys, girls will be girls, lies you tell. They're going to be what you allow them to be. And they're going to be a lot more than that if they're they're violated and become a victim of sexual abuse, of verbal abuse, of bullying, and things like that at the hand of another student, at the hand of a, a, a teacher or someone that uh, they look up to or someone that they should be able to trust. There's enough pressures going on in our kids' life, in our lives, in the teachers' lives. We're all human. There's enough going on in this world that we can all sit and uh, crack and break and look like a, a, a raw egg. If, if you're taking crackers across a doggone table, there's enough. Your little human is human at the end of the day. The teachers are human at the end of the day. You're human at the end of the day. Administration, they're human at the end of the day. We're entitled to mistakes and neglect. We're entitled to not really being as concerned or as involved in things as we should be. We're gonna make make those mistakes. We're 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 not gonna be as concerned about little Sue over here that's being nice and quiet as we is about little Bobo boy over here who who's bouncing up all over the classroom. And so all the attention goes over here to little Bobo, and while little Sue over here suffering, but uh, can't even feel safe going to the bathroom without some other little girl slamming her face in the wall or throwing her shit in the toilet or something, or taking pictures of her. Little Bobo can't be safe going into the bathroom to, to have a meltdown without the other little boys with their cell phones, video recording, making fun of them, isolating them, telling other kids not to be around them because he's this or he's that. At the end of the day, it all equates to depression, anxiety, and other mental health and emotional issues that we could avoid. The little brains that are so, so hyped up on those substance and suddenly they crash, they become addicted. What happens when they can't no longer get that drug that they desire or that they need to function? that's not regulated by a medical professional. 
what happens when right now it's THC and later it's PCP or Xanax or some other kind of whatever they popping and stuff and misses their little brain up. And now they walk around like zombies and can't function and they're out of their freaking mind and they come home and we're the shit out of you. Kids can't do everything that you do, but you've normalized it because you're so open and free to whatever it is that you do in your own house that you haven't even considered the child and you sending them back to school. And they going back to school with your stash and your cash, making cash and spending it. It's more than back to school. It's more to it than that. Because a high is going to chase a high, going to chase a high, going to chase a high. And because you're okay with your high, you think it's okay for your child's high and somebody else going to get them a bigger high. And there goes the neighborhood. You think about me being all those years ago, an athlete, a good student, so to speak, taking liquor to another group of girls who are also underage and giving them that liquor because they were the cool kids and they wanted to get drunk. They didn't have access to it, but I did. I'm the good girl. What about your good girl? What about your good boy? Conversations have to be had. Conversations have to be had. Talk to your kids. Listen to them. Monitor behaviors. You have to. If it's not for two or three minutes, make that two or three minutes the most important two or three minutes of y'all's interaction for that day. It could actually save a life. Could actually save your life, your child's life the life of someone you love. Now, as always, what's done is done. What's said is said. And for right now, it's a wrap.